Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And today we're talking about something. I brought up this topic to Emily, uh, fantasy and magic and how they inform each other. And then we just started talking and we're thinking, um, hopefully this works out and it translates into something that's super cool. Otherwise, uh, I apologize. (laughs) Otherwise, you'll get to just listen to us try to find our way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So this this thought was inspired at... um, at work, there's a lot of people who play D&D, and we talk a lot about fantasy and building uh, building fantasy creatures and, like, mag- their magical powers and who would you be, and um, and so it actually, that all of that got me thinking about um, how fantasy and maybe something that, I mean, maybe it's real, maybe it's not, but, a, a, you know, a fantasy could actually inform or um, inspire practical magic, something you might do in a practical way. So your imagination, like, I guess, lighting the fire to actually get you to do or want you to do something that um, you could use in your life. Okay. So let me ask you this, Veronica, do you believe in magical creatures? Oh, I I do. Okay, so... (laughs) And I say I do, I go, oh, because I don't believe in all of them. Like, okay. I feel like maybe some creatures were based in um, science or in something that actually really was. So, for instance, okay, Loch Ness and Nessie. Yeah, okay. totally real. Real, thank you. <laughs> so, so, my thought is, as, a, as opposed to her being like this mythical creature, which some people might look at her like that, my thought is, well, maybe she's actually a dinosaur. That's like, you know, we look at like science, there's science involved in here as well as like, oh, well, maybe this creature is like stuck in this lock, you know, for, you know, and has evolved over these many thousands and thousands of years kind of thing. What do you think about that? Or maybe there's an interdimensional portal at the bottom of the lock. I don't know, man. I just think it's true. I know. Really? Yeah. Isn't my brain scary? I don't know. I don't know if I believe it, but I think it's, I think it's possible. I think anything is possible. Okay. So I've never heard that theory before. Did you come up with that? No, I'm sure I did not. I wish (laughs) I was that cool. I don't, I couldn't tell you who came up with it, but I've heard it. And I was like, oh, that could make sense. That could be like a thing. Um, but what you're saying could also be a thing. I don't know where the Loch Ness Monster yeah. came from, but I totally believe that she exists. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have <laughs> the capacity for seriously magical thinking, even though I have a huge skeptic inside of me as well, which is so weird. Um, it's like, that's how I simultaneously exist in my brain. I'm like, yes, interdimensional portal for sure. And then 
no, there's absolutely no way the Loch Ness Monster could be real or we would have found the body of one by now. Except, I think, I don't know if this one is so cold. I know some um, some lakes and whatnot are so cold that bodies can't even decompose to float to the surface. Whoa. I was just reading this the other day. Like Lake Superior in Michigan, I think, is one of them. It's so cold that it, that you can dump you a body and it won't decompose and it won't, so it won't, like it won't create the bacteria, the bacteria that decompose a body that let it float to the surface do not exist in that temperature. Whoa. That just gives me, oh, chills. Right? So there's probably like <laughs> lots of dead people in there. Therefore, I'm not ever swimming in Lake Superior, but <laughs> I mean, maybe Loch Ness is like that. I don't know. Not a scientist. Yeah. I haven't read yeah. that book. But does, I have a question for you. So like along the lines of like fantasy unlocking like parts of like possible practical magic within you and actually maybe, it, you know, opening up a part of your mind or in your brain or, you know, to, to actually access something. Does that my mind really need to be more open? <laughs> That's the question I really want to pose right now. As you're hearing me talk about interdimensional portals, are you like, hmm, Emily needs some inspiration. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I don't no, think you're going no. there. No. Okay. But okay. for the layperson who doesn't have the brain I have. <laughs> Crazy oh, lady brain. Lord, I know. I know. <laughs> so bad. No, but okay. Legit what you're talking about. I do think there is some, because when you, when you open up that part of yourself, that to fantasy, suddenly you see the world through a different lens. I think yes. that's the point you're trying to get at. Am I right? Yes. 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 Right. So, so like, um, like mermaids, right? If you believe there's mermaids, you're going to be looking at the ocean through a different lens than you would mm -hmm. be if you're like, no, that is not true. It, it, I mean, the ocean is still super magical, no matter how you look at it, but, but you're going to have that other, like possibility thinking about these magical creatures and mystical creatures opens a door of possibility and magic really needs that possibility to be able to thrive. Beautiful. I love the way you put that. <laughs> I just came up with that. <laughs> Seriously, folks, this is not scripted at all. <laughs> I, I'm sure everyone believes that. <laughs> While you're talking about mermaids, like it, it like, like really made me think about when I enter the forest, like, like if you believe in fairies or if you believe in like forest gnomes or forest creatures, yep. um, like if, like, I do believe that there are woodland creatures, like mm -hmm. whatever they are, I don't know, but I do believe that there is some sort of spirit or entity because like I, there are places where I, it feels different. Mm -hmm. Like I'll walk into like a little grove and I'll be like, okay, like this is different. Like whether it's a creature or it's part of the trees and the creature or what spirits are going on, there's something otherworldly. And if I didn't really believe that, maybe I'd just be like, oh, this is a beautiful place, you know, and just walking through the forest in that way. But like, there are seriously, when I do enter certain places, I'm like, oh yeah, this this feels different. Like something, something's happening here. 
Totally. Well, and, and to speak to that, just from the scientific point of view, there are geological and, um, aspects to different places that create different frequencies. Like, and I'm going to blow this. So I can't remember the, the correct language. So if you're a science person listening to this and you're like, Oh God, I feel like cringing as I speak right now, please forgive me. Um, and then email me and tell me how I do it right. Um, <laughs> But I remember, I know when I get off a plane in Seattle, because it's one of the places I go frequently, family, friends, whatnot, or used to go frequently, um, the energy, as soon as I step off that plane and into that airport is completely different than the energy that is here. And when I'm out moving around in, in the Seattle area around Puget Sound, the vibration is totally different. And my mom was telling me that when she was in college, she learned that there is some type of geological thing under Puget Sound that that is the reason it feels different there. Oh, like she learned it in a geology class. Um, there's a scientific reason, like it has a different. I'm using the word energy because I don't know what other energy, what other energy, what other word to use. But it's the same thing with ley lines. Like if you learn about ley lines and and where those are in the earth, and then you go to England, like I have this whole book about ley lines, which are these energetic lines in the earth, um, where you will see that all of these like cathedrals and sacred sites are built on these ley lines, um, you know, over centuries. So we are definitely, we can definitely feel the energy of place. Even if it's not mystical creatures, we might, um, you know, give give them the credit for that, when really it's the planet itself. Just maybe, right? We, I don't know, and well, I'm not trying to negate what you're saying. I'm just opening more doors. I'm opening all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well, and and who's to say, like, like because of those ley lines or those different, you know, places of energy, that other creatures or other entities are more attracted to being there interdimensional portals. God, are you not listening to me at all? <laughs> oh, you mean like the multiverse and somehow we're all interconnected and fantasy meets reality? Like yes, that is what I'm talking about. All of it. It's bigger than my brain can even fathom. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible to think like, oh yeah, well maybe, maybe like um, Nessie was actually you know, I don't know, like a real water horse that's traveling through time, traveling through time and is popping up in different places. <laughs> right. It could happen. Yeah. Who am yeah. I to say it can't happen? Yeah, exactly. In one small human. Well, I, I feel like when I brought this up, I feel like <laughs> this isn't um, where you where were I was, planning on going, where, were you? No, I was, <laughs> oh. but I also was like, like how, um, how it actually might affect like my, like my life. Like I might actually like start to practice more or want to do some magic because it's, you know, invoking this feeling of imagination inside me, you know, it's accessing a different part of myself that I wouldn't normally through the day. So here I am doing my job and we're talking about centaurs and, you know, all kinds of other, you know, magical creatures. And I'm, accessing a different part of my brain and thinking, you know, about awesome, cool things. And I come home and I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to play with my crystals right now. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm feeling a little bit more mystical and magical than I might have felt other, you know, otherwise 
Well, and I I also want to use a couple more words here instead of just mystical and magical and imagination, which are also awe and wonder. Because I think when we, when we really tap into that sensation of awe, whether it's through imagination or something in the natural world, like I've been tripping out on this woodpecker outside that's like really, really small. And every day he's out there like pecking on the pole and it's super loud and it's echoing through the whole neighborhood. He's trying to find a mate. God bless him. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's like, but it blows my mind that this little teeny creature can not only put holes into with its beak into wood, but it can create this sound that radiates out like really far. So loud. Yeah. To try to like have a girlfriend. So, (laughs) or for whatever reason, even if that wasn't the reason, but that's cute. Come on. Um, But that creates this sense of awe in me. Right. And it makes me feel more connected to the natural world. And for me, that's where so much of my magic resides is I get much more earthbound instead of like cosmic bound. Yes. Um, and when we start to talk about fantasy and, and mystical creatures and their magical powers and whatnot, um, some of that feels tied to earth and some of it feels more cosmic and some of it feels like, you know, maybe that's happening in an alternate reality. Yeah, totally. And and so, yeah, it does open the door to possibility. And again, it creates a different lens. So suddenly you're like, oh, I could sit down and do a spell right now. I could sit down and create a ritual around this. Um, I could start to cultivate a relationship with this mystical animal and figure out what properties they have that maybe they can teach to me as far as like, what can I learn from them? Um, Oh, I like that. Yeah. Not like, you know, the unicorn's going to imbue its magical horn of (laughs) immortality into my soul. Nothing like that, but... (laughs) I had to reach really hard there for that one, but, um, (laughs) but maybe there's elements of a unicorn that, that I can learn something from, or that I can start to work with in my own magical practice. I love that. I don't think I have ever done that. What? Yeah. I mean, I was just telling Emily, like this also part of this, um, idea of this podcast came from, um, she made me an Oracle deck. And I p- actually had picked um, using your imagination, but it was werewolves and vampires. And also real, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. I'm glad we settled that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I don't know where I was going with that. I feel like I was going to go Sorry. <laughs> like, oh my God, vampires and werewolves are real. So wait, imagination. Yes. Are we thinking about connecting with their, their properties? Yes. Connecting with their properties as opposed to like, okay, you know, I'm watching, I'm, oh, maybe I want to go watch Twilight again for the hundredth time, you know, (laughs) but like what, where does, you know, what properties does the vampire hold? That's like, that is like luring me in. Like, why am I attracted? Yeah. Why am I attracted to that? And then, you know, why, and then maybe being able to use that for myself, you know, and maybe accessing a part of myself that, um, yeah, that might be more fun or, you know, like add another layer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, vampires have that whole, like they're seductive, they are living, they're dead, but they're like continuing forward by consuming the living so consuming the energy of somebody else. 
um, you know, there's so many little things about them, you know, especially if you follow folklore and you think about that, like, oh, what garlic repels them, sunlight, they can't go out in the sun, you know, unless you're in twilight and then they like sparkle or whatever. But, <laughs> but historically, not so much. Uh, <laughs> they're like creepy and scary and also like oddly beautiful, depending on the depiction. So it's, uh, it awakens this shadowy part of ourselves. And yeah. I mean, I work with that. I know it's interesting. Cause I think like, um, I, I remember just like in high school, like there was a whole group of people, I, I guess, I don't know if they were called emo even at that point. I think this was pre-emo Yeah, totally actually when you were in high school. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> That's goths? what translated. Were they gothic? Goths. Goths. Yeah, yeah. They were the gothic but like they would sport the pentagram and they would sport the witchy thing. And but the, also like into the vampires and wearing the dark makeup. And like, there's that whole thing going on. Like how, how does that come together into like a whole image of like, um, I don't know. How did the, how did the pentagram the the gothic look and like that darkness kind of like come together into like a, a a lifestyle almost you know like here we are witches but we're not sporting that like I was in eighth grade let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> I mean we are older and right. but I'm sure there's others who who do that yeah, and access totally. it in that way you well, know think about what, how you choose. I mean, I could flip this to a whole other element of magic, which is glamour magic, which I think you and I have talked about on, on a couple occasions, maybe, um, there may be a podcast about that, but my yeah. memory can't remember. So, uh, but the idea of dressing apart or what happens when you dress that way, how do you feel or how mm -hmm. do you feel that makes you choose certain things to put on your body on a certain day? I mean, yeah. just think about how certain clothing makes you feel Yep. There's stuff that you wear where you probably feel like I'm going to cozy up on the couch. And there's other stuff you wear where you're like, I'm smoking hot today. Check this out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and there's stuff that probably makes you feel more magical. You know, I yes. definitely have clothes like that or a way that I do my hair or my makeup. So that's yes. when people are choosing that as a way to dress, uh, whether they're in high school or 45 years old, it's, yep. it's because it's speaking to something inside of them, or they're working to bring that something inside of them to the surface. Nice. Nice. Right. So another way to inspire yeah. yourself in the magical realms. I love that. I'm like, well, maybe I should just dress up like a vampire and see what happens. Like, Why not? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. It's funny. I, I stumbled, this is kind of off topic, but I'm going to go there anyway. I stumbled across some pictures from when I was living in London because I did a semester over there. And uh, there was, there were these Halloween pictures of me and the guy I was dating and one of my roommates at the time. And we were all dressed up like vampires and we all looked awesome. Um, but like, there's pictures of him, like biting my neck with these fangs and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like, I remember this night and I remember how <laughs> wild this all felt, even though we were just playing around there, there is an element of, mm. I, I don't want to say reality, but it's, it's like an, it's, it's evoking a certain energy. Yes. So I guess it wasn't totally off topic, but 
Um, no, that was totally <laughs> on topic. I mean, that actually circles back to, you know, what you were saying about is like ac- using that creature, or, you know, and accessing what gifts they might have for you. Like you're talking mm-hmm. about the unicorn or, you know, I mean, we're settling on vampires right now because we both <laughs> have a love for vampires in our own right. But <laughs> yes, but it definitely, yeah, there is there, you know, there's that access that you're accessing that part of yourself and that wildness you know? Right. Which circles all the way back to the beginning when you were talking about mystical creatures and listening to your coworkers talk about playing Dungeons and Dragons and creating these creatures who have magical powers and then how that inspires or can inspire you to feel a little bit more magical or a little bit more, you know, fantastical. And ultimately magic can feel really fantastical. It can be very practical and down to earth, but there are times when you drop real deep into shifting your consciousness or, um, when you're really working a, a ritual or a spell uh, and you, well, you have shifted your consciousness cause you've dropped into that deeper meditative place where you can feel the energy shift and it feels powerful. Oh yeah. And fantastical. <laughs> Is that a word? I don't know, but it <laughs> sounds like it should be right. We're going to go with it. If you're an English person, like an English major and you're cringing right now, sorry. <laughs> that would be my mom. She's a retired English teacher. Oh yeah. Does your <laughs> mom listen corrected. to this podcast? No, no, no. <laughs> this is not, yeah, this is not her bag at all. <laughs> my mom listened to it a couple of times, I think, but then she like, can't remember how to get it. So she just doesn't. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, did you hear my podcast? Did you? No. (laughs) No, She's like, oh, I forgot how to act. You're like, okay, it says podcast. Click on that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. I forgive her. (laughs) What else, Veronica? Say more. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know what? I, I don't know. I was feeling like, um, this idea of like accessing a different dimension, even like you had, you know, mentioned that about dimensions, accessing different dimensions and how that might play a role in, um, you know, your magic. So like that, like accessing maybe a fantasy creature or something might unlock the idea of like, you know, accessing, maybe going into a trance or going somewhere. And like, you might be riding on that centaur's back kind of thing, like down, you know, into, some sort of cave or like being able to use that as a way of going into other places as a bridge. Yes. Yeah. 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 A a bridge slash tool slash ally. Right. It's like all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So many things you can do. So I don't know. Did you, (laughs) did you ever listen to or watch that magical creature or mystical creatures conference I put together a couple of years ago? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool because I, I learned a lot of things personally, but it also just, it, it really, um, we had like, I think five different presentations on like fairies and mermaids and the Phoenix, I think. Yeah. I was the Phoenix. dragons. Yeah. And dragons. Just, yeah. No, the dragons yeah. too. Uh, I, the dragon one was awesome anyway. Um, and unicorns. And it was so interesting to look at the lore of where those things originated and all the different cultures that they span. And, you know, they, they, those creatures have a lot of powerful energy because of that, 
you know, the more, the more energy and story we give to something, the stronger it becomes. And so some of those mystical creatures have a lot of energy to offer us, whether you believe in them as being a true thing or not, like an actual concrete Mm -hmm. being, um, they still have medicine that they can offer. Even if you think of them as fantasy, because they have a history. They, yeah, like, I mean, it's just like gods and goddesses. Like mm-hmm. some people like don't believe they're actual, actually, you know, people themselves. Like, oh, Beings. this was an actual yeah. being. Yeah. Um, but it's actually an energy that it imbues, you know, that you're accessing and using mm-hmm. and able, you know, like there's, doesn't mean one way is wrong and the other way, way is right, but right. you're being able to access those energies or you know, what you're wanting to, you know, what your, your intention is, you know, they're symbolizing that they're, they're, they're holding that, um, that they're that placeholder for that symbol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Placeholder for that symbol. I didn't like that sentence anyway, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. Well, well this th- thank you, Emily. I know we were like all over. I mean, this is a, the idea of like fantasy and magic and like reality, what's real, what's not real, what, you know, was like writing a, I don't know. It's like wisping on the wind. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of hard to grab. <laughs> it, it is a little, but I think, you know, you and I had done a podcast at one point about um, like myths about witches. And I think that there are a lot of myths about witches that have come up because of fantasy, because of fantasy movies or books or any, you know, all of those things. And so, yes, I cannot shoot flames from my fingertips. I just can't. I've tried. Don't get me wrong, but I can't. And (laughs) I mean, not recently, but when I was younger. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. Over time, my powers have changed. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if they really had changed, I'd be able to do it now, but I still can't <laughs> you're just not a fire witch that's all Emily is that what it is yeah that that's it just is. it yeah. I know but there there is something about thinking about being able to shift the fabric of the world around you that fantasy opens the door for us to you know that says yes you can do that and and I think we can do that we might not be able to do it in a substantial shooting fire out of our fingertips kind of way but um, you know, we still can shift the fabric, um, and open doors that maybe energetically were already closed, but we now have access to them because of the strength of our own magic. That's beautiful. Thanks. I'm totally (laughs) distracted. My cat bear just walked in here and started rubbing his head all over (laughs) my feet. And I was like, what's happening while I'm talking? That's what was happening. Well, thanks for writing that magical unicorn with me today, Emily. <laughs> You're welcome, Veronica. Thanks for like coming up with such a cool topic that we could just riff on for a little bit. That's wild. <laughs> I know, I know. So, well, thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, we will be back next time with something else magical. And until then, I hope you keep your magic smoking through this springtime energy that's awakening all around. Uh, I'm sure you're feeling it, even if it's cold where you are, it's, it's uh, happening. So keep it magical friends. 
Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You can just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. <laughs> must be so- there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.